Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Astronauts are driven, disciplined, physically fit, and trained to solve complex problems in high-stakes situations. But, of course, sometimes they just want to get away from it all, from the press, the physicians, and the rigors of flight prep. You've got to make time to sharpen the saw. But where on earth can these people find a little seclusion? Well, since 1963, NASA's kept a bungalow on the East Florida coast. Closed to the general public, it's been a welcome retreat for generations of astronauts. Barbecues and bottle signings are cherished pastimes at the hideaway. So are fond farewells. Historically, this was the last place where many spacebound crews got to hang out with their families before launch. Here's the story of the Kennedy Space Center Beach House and Conference Center, or the Beach House for short. Florida and NASA go a long way back. In 1961, it was decided that the agency would build a new launch center on Florida's Merritt Island, which is technically a peninsula, by the way. Other sites were considered, including New Mexico's White Sands Missile Range, where the first atomic bomb had been set off 16 years prior. Proximity to the Atlantic Ocean gave Merritt Island a strategic advantage. Rockets launched there could streak across the ocean without disturbing populated areas. Latitude was another plus. Florida is reasonably close to the equator, where Earth's rotation speed is at its fastest. But when you set off a rocket in the Sunshine State, the vessel can save fuel by capitalizing on this principle. It's why Merritt Island is now the home of the Kennedy Space Center spaceport. NASA wasn't the first group to take an interest in this region, however. The U.S. military had been testing missiles on nearby Cape Canaveral since 1949. And then came the Snowbirds. Vacation homes and other seaside properties sprouted like daisies in the post-war economy. One piece of real estate was a two-story beach house constructed in 1962. Really, it was just another wood-framed building in the Neptune Beach subdivision, at first. NASA partnered up with the Army Corps of Engineers to buy the entire development in 1963 for $31,500, which is a little more than $266,800 in today's money. Neighboring houses and a gas station were cleared away, but this plain Jane cottage escaped the wrecking ball. Situated on government-owned land, the beach house is well off the beaten path. In his 2006 memoir, astronaut Richard Mike Mullane said the place was as isolated as Mars. Originally called the Astronaut Training and Rehabilitation Building, it started out as a home away from home, a place where crew members could get some shut-eye on overnight stays. As the decades passed, the bungalow evolved into more of a hangout spot. Astronauts could drop by individually or as a crew. Many also chose to take their spouses and families over. By design, though, this isn't the easiest spot to access. Space shuttle veteran Robert Springer, who flew missions in 1989 and 1990, recalled that he and his crewmates used to borrow the key from a NASA staff member. Spontaneous visits were not encouraged, though. A one-day payload specialist Samuel Durant waltzed over with some colleagues, but forgot to give the administrators any advance notice. On their way back, the group was met by a SWAT team. And guests had to play by the house rules. For example, young children were barred from the premises during astronaut quarantine periods. The Beach House has entertained its share of politicians and diplomats, and to this day, it remains an active meeting place for government organizations. But among space history buffs, This mid-century relic is remembered first and foremost as an explorer's way station, filled with the stories of its tenants. 
There was the time that Springer and a crewmate went for a dip in the ocean, only to be met by a helicopter full of frantically waving airmen. It turned out the swimmers had gotten a little too close to an enormous gang of sharks. Unaware of the danger and oblivious to the warning, the astronauts waved back. Don't worry, everything turned out fine. Pre-launch barbecues are traditional. Shortly before a space crew takes off, it's customary for them to gather with family members at the cottage for comestibles and camaraderie. Sometimes the guests get dinner and a show. Former Kennedy Space Center Deputy Director James A. Jean Thomas witnessed a cosplay prank at one of these beach parties. The mission being toasted that day was set to include Franklin Story Musgrave, a legendary astronaut who happened to be bald. Just for kicks, the rest of his crew decided to impersonate Musgrave at this barbecue, so everyone showed up with rubber latex sheets on their heads and name tags that read, Hi, I'm Story. Another long-standing tradition at the Beach House involves leaving your mark. The outgoing crew will sign a wine bottle before they blast off. Official mission logos usually adorn these mementos. By now, a few decades' worth of space flights have been chronicled on bottlenecks and wine labels, now kept in a cabinet display. In 2016, Hurricane Matthew did a number on the bungalow, necessitating massive repairs inside and out. Once the kitchens, bathrooms, multiple walls, and most of the second floor had been overhauled, the cottage reopened on July 25th of 2018. We reached out to the Kennedy Space Center, which informed us that the beach house is not currently being used by any astronaut crews. But who knows? Maybe that'll change in the near future. NASA does want to, quote, put the first woman and next man on the moon by the year 2024. No doubt future occupants will feel mixed emotions at the old beach house. Most astronauts do, along with their loved ones. Donna Mullane, Mike's wife, said in a 2010 interview with NASA, as a spouse, you know you're coming out here to say goodbye and you don't know if it's the last time. Yet, by many accounts, fear intermingles with excitement. From the bungalow, visitors have gotten some spectacular views of eager rockets, ships ready for launch, gleaming from the nearby space center. Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.